Welcome to the men's global live stream. If you have a Bible, I want you to hold two spots, one in Jeremiah chapter one and one in Acts chapter eight. And you can also take advantage of the downloaded notes. They're awesome. If you're watching off everymanministries.com, uh, there's a little button that says downloaded notes. Download those. They're pretty cool. Print them out. Uh, the verses will be right in front of you and it's more interactive and you can do uh, the fill-ins and the verses also will be on the screen today i'm really excited because we're going to start a new series called you are here and typically you see that in an icon it's a sign with the word the three words you are here maybe at a trailhead maybe you're going hiking there's a map it's telling you you are here or maybe you go to the mall starting to do that again you see a map of a mall and it says you are here right or even on our smartphones if you drop a pin uh, it tells you exactly where you are in relation to the map the globe and you can zoom out right actually that's zoom out you can zoom in and it'll tell you you are here now if we could drop a pin for everybody watching this global live stream you would see pins popping up all over the world, literally. And uh, you'd see by design uh, that men are located exactly where they are for a reason, whether they know that or recognize that or not. Let's put it into a military context. They, they call it intentional insertion, where strategically it's just like it sounds. Uh, it's the entrance of a person into a theater of operation to execute a particular mission, right? And what's the goal? To locate, to deeply penetrate, and execute the specific actions in order to secure the mission objective. You got that picture? Intentional insertion, right? Puts a person in to a theater of battle in an exact location to achieve a mission objective. And the Bible reveals that God's mission of redemption involves intentional insertion of God's man. He intentionally inserts him into exact settings at exact times to achieve his exact purposes, listen, at any given moment in time. And sometimes we can recognize when they're coming. Other times it just happens. Other times we just get put into it and baptized by fire. But what you need to know is that you are here in your place on the globe by God's design to execute a mission. In fact, God's man never needs to go on mission, right? The mindset we gotta have is wherever I find myself to be, there is already a mission for me to encourage, to empower. Maybe it's to evangelize somebody, share the good news of God's love. Maybe it's to equip uh, another believer or encourage another believer. Or maybe it's just to empathize with someone who's hurting and just have that ministry of presence. So you are strategically placed. You have a green light to go uh, on your missions once you, you sense that one is upon you or that one's in front of you, and you are here. God has dropped you like a pin strategically 
because he has his purposes and his plans that can be uniquely fulfilled in you, in your context, in your geolocation, right? In your radius of influence and relationship. He's not looking for someone else. He's chosen you to suit up, show up, step in, listen, and take space for king and kingdom. I want to say that again. He's not looking for anybody else, and he's chosen you to suit up in your identity, show up in your authority, step in with your energy, and take spaces for the king and kingdom. You are here by design as God's chosen asset. So let me tell you where we're going and what we need to really work on internalizing as God's men. We want to raise our awareness, number one. We want to raise our awareness of our personal missions right now. God has personal missions. Some you know about, some you don't know about. Right now, where you are. Secondly, we want to increase our active participation in those missions, stepping into those spaces we're put into to influence, to take territory, to be used by God. And then third, we want to increase the quality of our eternity. The Bible teaches that the quality of our our eternity depends on how we take advantage of the time, the limited time that we have on earth. And so uh, we want to increase the quality of our eternity by recognizing, activating, executing our personal missions. Again, right where we are, right? So let's take a look at those notes. There's our introduction. And I want us to see how God's master strategy for humanity that is in play, in operation right now, plays out in the life of a God's man. So we're going to look in the Bible at Jeremiah chapter 1 and see God talking to Jeremiah about how he is exactly where he is for God's purposes. But this word is living and active and alive, and it's going to travel through time to this moment. And God right now is going to talk through his word in this situation with Jeremiah to you and to me. So let's roll the film in Jeremiah chapter 1. This is what God said. Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. A prophet to the nations. That's what I had in mind for you. But I said, hold it. Master God, look at me. I don't know anything. I'm only a boy. God told me, don't say I'm only a boy. I'll tell you where to go and you'll go there. I'll tell you what to say and you'll say it. Don't be afraid of a soul. I'll be right there looking after you. God reached out and he touched my mouth and said, look, I've just put my words in your mouth. Hand delivered. See what I've done? I've given you a job to do among nations and governments, a red letter day. Your job is to pull up and to tear down, to take apart and to demolish, and then start over building and planting. God's message came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I said, a walking stick. That's all. And God said, good eyes. I'm sticking with you. I'll make every word I give you come true. And so we see in this this dialogue between a man 
and his creator, right? The, the ambassador for God and the king. Uh, a few things that God wants every one of us to know. Number one, he wants to know that I planned you. Write that down. I love how God kind of lets Jeremiah know that he's not his own creation, and when you're not your own creation, you don't get your own direction, that there's a, a creator and there's an intentionality by the creator to use him. And he says, before I shaped you, I shaped you, right? I knew all about you. I love that. So God wants you to know, hey, I planned you. Secondly, God wants you to know, I purposed you, right? So God created you, God planned you, God set you in a certain location. And he tells Jeremiah, and he's telling us, that, that we're his ambassadors. He tells, he tells Jeremiah, you're a prophet to the nations. That's an ambassador for God. We're his representatives on earth. If you're a son of God, you're an ambassador of God. Say that to yourself. I'm a son of God, so that means I'm an ambassador of God. God has purposed us to represent him. Third, God wants every man to know, wanted Jeremiah to know, wants us to know. I placed you, right? I love the language where God says, um, I have a job for you to do among nations and governments. You know, right now, you are here. Okay, there's the globe. You are where you are. God has placed you among a context of a community, a neighborhood, a country, a city block, right? A village, uh, a place of work. He's put you in contact with people and he's placed you there strategically to be on mission and to be his representative, fulfilling his intentions. Fourth, God wants every man to know that I put my power in you. What I love is that God tells Jeremiah in very strong, powerful language, listen, on mission for me, this is what I want you to do. I want you to tear down. I want you to take apart. I want you to demolish, right? This is your job, right? This is, a, this is a, a violent action for the kingdom of God. And that's how the Bible talks. The Bible talks about how earth is war, that we are in a spiritual battle, that we have spiritual equipping by God, spiritual weapons, good for the destruction of strongholds. All right? We can come into our mission knowing we have the power of the Holy Spirit and we want to tear down that which is against God and his purposes. And then he says, I want you to build up and I want you to plant. So it's not just a mission to destroy evil, but it's also a mission to plant the seeds of the kingdom and to accelerate God's purposes and the growing of God's purposes. Number five, God wants every man to know, I've put my words in, in you. And I, I love how he punctuates this little dialogue where He's telling Jeremiah that he's planned him, purposed him, and placed him. And then Jeremiah kind of pushes back. He's like, I'm too young. I'm only a boy. And, and God says, forget about all that. I don't care. I don't care about your own self-perception. This is my perception of you. I'm putting my power in you, and I'm putting my words in you. And he says here at the end, I'll make every word I give you, key phrase, come true. 
God speaks prophetically to God's man. And he says, guess what? When I send my word to you and I give it to you, I'm expecting for that word to come about. When God speaks, stuff happens. And you see, that's a, that's a key word. Missions that are given have directions and they have instructions, right? And they manifest. Can I just tell you right now, man of God, that God has done all these things in your life. His living word is traveling through time. This conversation is our conversation in the moment. He's saying, you are here. Here's what I want you to know. I planned you. I purposed you. I placed you strategically. I put my power in you through the Holy Spirit, and I put my words into you. I've given you truth and promises and counsel and direction uh, to execute, right? The question is, are we going to accept the mission right where we are in the moments, right? In the, in the mundane, everyday of life kind of moments, wherever we are, whether we're with one person or whether we're with 10 people, are we going to accept those missions? Now, in Jeremiah's cultural moment, uh, God put his, his asset into play against very strong cultural forces. And that's part of the reason why uh, we're doing this series. Is it the same is true for you? Listen to God after this first discussion in Jeremiah 1. He follows it up just a few verses later and, and listen to what he says this activating conversation. God says in Jeremiah 1, 18, 19, he says, stand at attention while I prepare you for your work. I'm making you as impregnable as a castle, immovable as a steel post, solid as a concrete block wall. You are a one-man defense system, listen, against this culture against Judah's kings and princes, against priests and local leaders. They'll fight you, but they won't even scratch you. I'll back you up every inch of the way. God's decree. Wow, what a statement. God saying, hey, get ready. Stand at attention. I'm going to make you strong. Why? Because you are going to be a one-man wrecking crew against what? This culture, you see what happened with the leaders and influencers in the culture? They just went godless. And there was a man of God in a godless culture, right? Fomenting evil, executing evil. And then there was the man of God in the middle of this culture that God raises up to come against these influences and these influencers. And he says, hey, get ready. It's a battle. But listen, they can't hurt you. They can't, they can't touch you, right? What are they going to do? Your eternity is set. You know me, right? And I'm going to back you up. Listen, every inch of the way. Right now in our culture, uh, we need what Jesus called salt and light. Salt by contact, and that's that's kind of what God's asking Jeremiah to do in his time, in his culture. He's asking him to make contact, not shy away or pull back. He just needs to be who he is. Understanding who he is and understanding who he is, he knows what to do. He's got a word 
from the Lord, right? But then he also needs to be light, right? He's going to appear different than the culture, right? Because he's a covenant man. He knows the Lord. He's a son of covenant. We are sons of Christ. So this is a powerful prophetic word for men in any hour of history, but for us in particular right now, that God wants us to know he planned us, purposed us, he's placed us, he's put his power in us, and he's put his word, he's given us a word of activation. And we need to get ready to get deployed right now where you are, where I am, all right? So that's kind of the big picture, all right? You're globally planned, placed, purposed, right? To do the same thing that every man is called to do in his time and context, right? which is to activate for God's plan right where we are and to take spaces, key, key concept to take spaces in this cultural moment for God's kingdom. So now what we wanna do is we wanna see what it looks like in real time, and we're gonna travel through biblical history from the time of the prophet Jeremiah, who was in a cultural moment, right, to the time of Philip, right? And Philip is a disciple, um, the church is born, he's alive, and he is exactly where he is and this moment happens for him supernaturally. And then we're going to watch how the supernatural becomes supernatural for the man of God. Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 35, right there on your notes, uh, starts like this. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out. And on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kendaki, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot, heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet, quote, do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading, quote, he was led like sheep to the slaughter. As a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Wow. You talk about a big blue dot softball coming down the middle of the plate and landing in the sweet spot and all Philip has to do is swing. Perfectly placed, perfectly timed. He didn't know what was gonna happen, but he said, Peter, you are here and I am orchestrating things right where you are 
so that you can be deployed, be inserted, achieve objective, my objective for king and kingdom. So let's unpack this and let's draw some lessons and let's take in what God wants to tell us. Number one, God's saying, I recognize God is always working. That's his mindset that he wants for us. He wants us to walk around with an awareness and a willingness and a readiness that God's always working. And you know what? Philip, man, he, at his core, he was, he was agile in this way. He was agile in his mind, agile in his spirit. He was ready. Uh, we see the, the opening. It said, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down uh, from Jerusalem to Gaza. And I love this last word. So he started out, right? He just, he, he, he put himself in position, right? Sometimes we get a word from the Lord or a sense like, God, you want me to be over there, don't, don't you? Right? Or maybe you're, you know, at work or you see somebody hurting. Maybe your eyes and your senses uh, communicate to you maybe that someone's in need. Or maybe it's just a direct word from the Holy Spirit where it's just like, you need to go over that, over there. And you notice that the angel didn't say, and this is what's going to happen. He said, just go that way. You know, that's, that's called a prompting. It's called a leading, right, of God, where a thought from God or the voice of God through the Holy Spirit just says, you need to go over there. And it doesn't have to make sense. We just need uh, to listen. And the angel didn't say, oh, and when you get there, you're going to see this guy and it's all going to work out for you. Uh, you notice the next step is, so he started out. But you know what? That comes from a mindset that, that Philip has, has adopted, which is um, God is always working. Do you recognize that God is always working? That all around you right now, wherever you are, in a business park, which is where the Everyman Studio is, um, in, in my church, in my neighborhood, when I pull up in the driveway later on today, when I go to the grocery store, that God is always at work everywhere all at once. And you're a part of this divine network. You are here to be a part of God's working. Look at what Jesus said in John chapter 9, verse 4. He said this, As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no man can work. Right? So on earth, we are on mission. I'll say that again. On earth, we, God's men, are on mission. We have limited time and we have an unknown ending. That's what Jesus is talking about. As long as it is day, right? When it's day, we work. But then he says, we got to work the works of him who sent Jesus because night's coming when no man can work. So there's limited time. There is an urgency to what is happening. So number one, I recognize God is always working. Number two, I got to recognize God, God's ahead of me, right? Isn't that comforting, right? P, uh, sorry, Philip, Philip is in a situation. He's told to kind of, he kind of said, he's told like, hey, go over there. He's not given all the information. Uh, and then look at the language. We pick up the discussion and it says, and on his way, right? He met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. And so I want you to circle and on his way, right? God doesn't need you 
to get to an, uh, a whole new location and destination. A lot of the kingdom of God is just when you're on your way somewhere, right? Uh, when Jesus is, is walking along the Sea of Galilee, he sees people and on his way, he recruits some of the early disciples going from one place to another place, right? In the middle, right? Kind of an interruption. And isn't that a lesson for us all? This is an interruption on his way, right? He said, go down to Jerusalem and, and, and Gaza, but on his way, he meets this guy. So the angel tells him to start, he, to, to go somewhere, he starts out, but the real mission is gonna happen, not when, when Philip gets to um, you know, his destination, it's, it's on the way. He meets this important official. And um, key words, important official. That's where this influential person for a whole country who works for the queen is sitting there reading the Bible, just like longing for someone to help him out with it. Um, on this theme of how God's ahead of you, look at what it says in Isaiah 45, verse 2. Really important, okay? It says this, I will go before you and will level the mountains. I will break down the gates of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. Can you imagine if Philip just tried to present himself to the queen's court of Ethiopia to reach an influencer? But nope, God went ahead of him. This, this cat was coming to Jerusalem to worship. Clearly he was a seeker. And he's got the scroll of Isaiah and he's reading the scripture. He's obviously educated, but God brings that guy to Philip, right? And uh, I love that, that God was ahead of him. And God did all the heavy lifting. There was no big trip to Ethiopia. The, the, God brought the guy to Philip and uh, it was easy, but it was an interruption. Now, this should train us, men, that when God's ahead of us, uh, the interruptions, actually, we need to, to explore. You know, on his way, he met this guy. You know, on your way somewhere, is the destination as important as recognizing God's always at work and that God's ahead of you working? And then you'll take advantage, right? He's doing all the heavy lifting. Third, I recognize God has unique encounters for you. Man, this, this was unique. And this guy was unique. Look at what it says in the passage. It says, this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of the prophet uh, Isaiah. He's bringing to Philip uh, this guy. Wow, that that this is this is like a kingdom connection. You know, you don't know sometimes who's sitting next to you on a plane. You know, who's next to you uh, in in the grocery store? Who you're meeting? Uh, you know, at a business encounter. You don't know what's going on in their lives. You don't know, but God does. And God has you where you are, you are here, uh, in order to impact their lives. He's got unique encounters for you. The, the, the task, the challenge for us is recognizing he's always working and that he's ahead of us and that we're it. It's not someone else, it's uh, not a professional pastor. Um, it's just me, I'm a man of God uh, who, who knows God and who can help bring someone uh, into a closer connection with God. Number four, I have to recognize that God's calling me into connections. It's one thing to be in a spot, 
to recognize these things and that he has these encounters. But there is a moment of action where you have to move forward and kind of take a step of faith without knowing what's going to happen and step in. Look at what it says in the passage. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Now he's moving toward a specific person in a specific location. Then Philip ran to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And now he steps into the connection. Hey, do you, do you understand what, what you're reading? Philip asks, how can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip uh, to come up and sit with him. So do you see what's happening? So Philip recognizes that God's working all the time. God's ahead of him, right, on his way. Uh, and that he has a unique encounter for him and he's open to it. But then there is that step of faith where he's listening, he's sensing, and now he's involving and engaging, right? It has to move from one place to another place. It has to move from listening and sensing to involving myself and engaging, where you actually engage people. And in today's culture, uh, there is a, a, a distance, there is uh, an embedded social distance now that we've kind of been trained by uh, in 2020 and most of 2020, 2021, um, where we kind of keep a distance. But have you ever noticed that when you involve and engage yourself, that people are starving? starving, starving, starving for a little human interaction. And all we need to do is sense the moment and open our mouths in the moment and look at what happened behind door number one. All Philip does is ask a question. Hey, do you, do you understand that? And then the guy just totally blows open the door for Philip and he says, how can I, unless someone explains it to me, right? So he invited Philip to come and sit with him. Wow, God made that one easy. A lot of times we make things more complicated, more difficult than we have to. All we have to do is ask a question, a good question, and hang around for the answer. And then God's supernatural will and plan becomes supernatural, right? Why? Because he's always working. He's ahead of us. He has unique encounters already set up. All we have to do is step into the connection, right? And right now, guys, you need to step into connections. There are people starving. And if we don't step into the connections, evil will. Just the bottom line. Cultural forces will prevail. Maybe people won't get into any connections. Maybe people will stay isolated. When they're isolated, they're vulnerable. And when they're vulnerable, that's when evil pounces and puts thoughts into people's heads. You know that, and I know that. What do they need? They need a man of God who has the awareness and the courage to step into those connections. Look at what it says in Colossians chapter four, kind of on this mindset of awareness and this willingness to, to go into a connection with another person. Uh, it says this in, G in Colossians four, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders, make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. You know, I think a, a, a simple translation of that is, man, ask thoughtful questions. Don't just, don't just ask, you know, surface level or unthoughtful questions. Ask thoughtful questions. You know, Peter was reading the moment and just said, hey, do you, you understand what you're reading? You know, probably already knowing that 
that he did understand. He's sensing, and he's just like, all right, that's a normal question. He just didn't jump in with, uh, you know what that is? That's this, and that's, you know, and just like a bulldog or like a bulldozer. He goes, yeah, you understand what you're reading? Giving the person a chance to engage and involve themselves in a meaningful uh, connection. It seems like in today's culture, we've forgotten how to ask simple questions that build rapport and that, that, that sound normal, that give other people a chance to reveal what's inside of them. Uh, instead, we're bulldogs, we're bullies, we're dividers, we, we wanna ask, we wanna get a label for someone, uh, we wanna find out where they stand on this issue or that issue, and culture's training us uh, to be hypersensitive but not very thoughtful, and where we just don't demonstrate true interest and care. Man of God, if you want to be different, if you want to step into God moments, Philip's example is here. He's modeling here. That model is meant for us. He's wise in the way he acts towards this guy. He takes the most of every opportunity. His conversation is 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 full of grace. It's seasoned. It's it's patient. Um, so that he knows how to answer. A lot of times we answer before we know how to answer and our answer is off and we push people away because we don't want to get to know them. We don't want to get to know where they're really at. So God has people, he has customized situations, customized uh, objectives for us. So recognize that God's calling you into connections, all right? Fifth, I recognize God's pinpointing me with a need. So it gets even more dialed in. So it starts out here and they're not connected. Then Peter moves closer. Uh, Peter gets called into the connection. He does a really good job of it. And then now it it really pins point, pinpoints the need uh, because he's he's recognized that God's at work and God's ahead and those other things. Look at what it says. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. Uh, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? I mean... He's reading from the prophet of Isaiah. Isaiah is talking about Jesus. Philip is a disciple of Jesus who witnessed everything the prophet Isaiah talks about. You talk about Philip is here. This guy is here. This is who Philip is. This is what Philip saw. This is, man, you talk about a customized mission. And I want to press the pause button there. That's how God works. God has customized encounters and missions as you get to seek him and know him and who you are and your life journey with Jesus up to this point, your experiences, your exposures, what you know, the pains, the losses, the traumas, what you've witnessed, how you've seen God work, that all goes together. And God has created moments for us where if we just recognize he's working and he's ahead of us and we step into the connection, it just unfolds. And so it is as pinpointed and specific as you can possibly 
get. The guy's like, please tell me who's the prophet talking about? And Philip's just like, oh my gosh, I I got a I got a handful of cards and they're all aces. Here you go. There's there's this one. And, you know, it, it goes on. But this idea of God having a customized special purpose for each of us and specialized encounters talks about this in 2 Timothy 2. It says this, in a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some are for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, prepared to do any good work. So you see that there's, in a, the picture is of a house, there's containers uh, and instruments in a house, and some are really common, but some have like this really specialized quality. They're instruments, all right? And, you know, just think about, you know, a guy with a lot of tools or a craftsman, okay? Or a journeyman, someone who who specializes, whether it's leather or wood or metal, they have, or even a mechanic, they have these special tools, but it's in their hand. That special tool is customized, has a custom instrument for a custom purpose to achieve a custom objective. And that's what I want you to hear, man of God. You are a, an instrument in the hand of God. You are custom designed, you are custom made, your story is custom designed and custom made. Your relationship with God is custom designed and custom made. The knowledge of God that you have, custom designed, custom made, custom purpose, customized objective in the hand of God, right? A special purpose. So God doesn't waste putting you in certain situations. You're there because you're a customized tool, an instrument in his hand for a special purpose to be useful to the master. Today, not tomorrow, whether you're walking through the door in your home, you're God's instruments to be used today. Whether you're at work, whether you're talking with a neighbor, whether you're at the grocery store, whether you're at church, whether you're serving somebody, just know that God does not waste his chosen instruments. And that's how the Bible describes us. We're an instrument in the hand of God. We just have to recognize it. And then lastly, we gotta recognize that God can multiply any opportunity. I mean, just look at Philip. Philip is, he's just on his way somewhere. Then there's an interruption. Then Philip realizes, oh my gosh, this is a unique encounter. He steps into it. He uses his ears and his mind, sees the guy reading from Isaiah, and then he gets called into the connection. He involves himself. He engages himself. And then as the opportunity unfolds, as he takes a step of faith to get involved, um, now God is just unfurling and multiplying. Look what it says after we get to this point in the encounter. Um, then Philip began with that very passage of scripture. So the guy was in the book of Isaiah. He started where the guy was, um, and then it says he told him the good news about Jesus because that's who 
the prophet was talking about, talking about the person of Jesus and the work of Jesus to, to take care of our sins. And he was able to share the gospel with him in a supernatural way, but it was supernatural, right? I mean, the man gave Philip a loaf and a fish that God wanted to use Philip to multiply into God's purpose for salvation. Bam. So cool. And so natural, right? Look at what it says in Colossians chapter 4, just to this point of just the opportunities that God can multiply. It says this, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in change. This is exactly what happened. I mean, I got to believe that, that, that Philip was was in, you know a man of prayer, that he was a man of the Spirit. Clearly, he was a man of the Word. Um, and he was being watchful. He was, he was just aware. He recognized, God's at work. God's ahead of me. Yeah, I'm just listening. And, and on the way, the interruption, right, was an intersection for this man where he was with the kingdom of God. And he was aware for it. He was ready for it. He stepped in. It just began to unfold. There was a specific pinpointed need, and then God started multiplying, right? Uh, and he proclaimed the mystery uh, of Christ. So kind of let's just, let's, let's summarize here. Uh, God planned you. Uh, God purposed you. Uh, God placed you. God put his power in you, the Holy Spirit. And God's put his words, uh, his thoughts in you. And now it's it's time to recognize that you are here, right? Here's you on the globe. You're here. You're pin, you drop a pin. Boom. Right there. And now it's just raising our awareness of why I'm here, what God's up to, what's his part, what's my part, and how God's kingdom is alive and working right now in this cultural moment, right? So man of God. You just got to say yes. See, God likes opening doors, but he he opens doors, those doors, and and people see those doors when they're recognizing and aware who they are and why they are, where they are, right? And so we just need to recognize uh, those things. And so I'm going to say a prayer for every guy that's joining this section. You can put down your pencils. We're done with the notes. And uh, it's going to be a prayer of activation. All right, so bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we see in the Bible, we see in Jeremiah's life, we see in Philip's life, that these men were put on the globe exactly in the spot of your choosing to do the work of your choosing and to impact the people of your choosing. Lord, I do not want to be just affiliated to you, living my life, and then maybe when someone asks, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. I want to be someone who's activated, aware, ready, recognizing that you're always at work. You're in my midst right now. God, increase our awareness that you're at work right in our midst right in people's lives, the ones right next to us, the ones who live next door to us, the people that we're in contact with, 
you're you're working and you want us to enter into your work. And so, Lord, we just make ourselves available to do that. And Father, I pray that when you call every man listening to the sound of my voice into a connection, I pray that it would all come together. God, that their ears would be working, their mind would be working. They would be under the control of your spirit, listening, sensing, involving, engaging themselves, and that they would just be a normal guy asking normal questions and looking for that door to open an instrument in your hands. Lord, give each of us from this session a chance to activate today or tomorrow or the next day. I'm just, I want you to move, God. And for every willing man, I pray that you would give him a great opportunity to activate and to be salt and light in this culture right now, which is starved for some contact with men of God. And so raise them up, God, right where they are. And glorify yourself and move in power. In Jesus' name, we pray. And God's men said, amen. So if you were with us for this session live, let someone know about it. If you listen to it in an archived way, um, through your phone or on a tablet or something, just click the link, share it. Right? Share this message with people because God is on the move and he's creating a movement of men who are not affiliated but are activated right where they are. God bless you.